0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM.
1: This is a Business Radio special presentation, Medicare for All, a look at the current and future state of the healthcare industry. Here's your host, John Barquette. You shine like a star, you know who you are,
0: Hello and welcome to a special health reform edition of Business Radio powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 132. I'm John Barquette, Director of Policy Affairs at Willis Towers Watson and an alumnus of the Wharton Healthcare Management MBA program. On today's special, we'll talk about Medicare for All, a proposal to bring single-payer healthcare to the United States. A recent Reuters poll reported that over half of Americans now support Medicare for All, a policy most Democratic candidates for president say they support as well. But what would Medicare for all mean for the healthcare industry, and what would it mean for people like you and me? We have a range of experts coming on the show today, and we'll be starting out with Jonathan Cohn, the senior national correspondent at the Huffington Post and the author of *Sick: The Untold Story of America's Healthcare Crisis and the People Who Pay the Price*. Jonathan, thank you for joining us today.
1: Uh, thanks for having me on the show.
0: So, Jonathan, 10 years ago you were writing about Obamacare, and and that's a short amount of time when it comes to health care policy. We're we're now talking about health reform all over again. Why are we talking about Medicare for All right now?
1: Well, I think we're talking about uh, Medicare for All because we've sort of been through the life cycle. Um, of the Affordable Care Act of obamacare we 've seen what it accomplished we 've seen what went well we 've seen what did not go well and you know we have a system where the number of people without health insurance is far lower than it was. More people have access to the doctor, but there are a lot of people still really struggling with medical bills. some people frankly who were – had felt like they had better insurance before the Affordable Care Act came in and so Meanwhile, health care keeps getting more expensive and there 's this real hunger. all right well, what do we do next? What can we do? And in part, you know, the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, really, it, it rests so much on private insurance, right? It rests on sort of a, so, uh, such a big part of it is these new exchanges for middle-class people buying insurance. And people are saying, you know what, you know, it doesn't work that well. Maybe we should go back to thinking of a really big government plan, really having something much more aggressive, which we didn't think about really 10 years ago, but now we've tried it the market way. We've tried it with private insurance. It doesn't seem to be working that well. And so there's, you know, progressives in particular are saying – Maybe we should try a sort of you know government-run single-payer system, something like Medicare for all.
0: So, when different representatives or Democratic candidates for president say, "I support Medicare for all," what what do they really mean? What is that proposal?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question, and in part because I think if you actually ask them, you'd get different answers from each one of them. You know, it's become this catch-all phrase, uh, Medicare for all, and it means different things to different people. Um, You know, strictly speaking, I think when, you know, people like me write about Medicare for All, we are talking about the proposal that comes from Bernie Sanders, uh, and there's a version of similar to it in the House, uh, from progressives in the House. And basically what this proposal would do, it would say, look, we're going to get rid of private insurance in the United States. We are going to have one single government plan that covers everybody. Um, it's called Medicare for All. Really, as a branding exercise, because the closest thing we have to that in this country right now is Medicare. Right, if you turn 65, then you're in Medicare. It's a government plan for everybody. But that's actually a little misleading because the new government plan would actually be, you know, uh, uh, different from Medicare. It'd actually be more generous. You know, people, seniors, will tell you Medicare has a lot of out-of-pocket costs. That's why they buy supplemental Medigap policies. Um, this new Medicare for all plan would be totally comprehensive. It would cover all medical services, it would have no cost-sharing, no out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no copays, except for uh, a small class. In some cases, you could pay a little extra for certain brand-name drugs. But mostly, you don't pay anything out of your own pocket either. Now, uh, you're, you're, you're swapping public insurance for private insurance. So on the one hand, you're not paying private insurance premiums which if you work for a big company, you know, you pay through your employer. If you don't, you buy on your own. You're not doing that anymore. Uh, but you do have to pay taxes for it now. So you're going to finance this through the tax system. So it's a, it's a different way of doing things. And the government um, would uh, basically uh, set prices throughout the healthcare system. You know, the government, you know, the same, you know Medicare today, when it, when you, if, you're, if you, Medicare pays for a service at a hospital or a doctor, it tells the doctor, it tells the hospital, you know, what they're going to get paid. Well, and same with drugs, right? They... they the, you know Medicare. Uh, well, actually, not with, with certain kinds of drugs, but uh, with uh, a Medicare for all system, the government would set prices throughout the healthcare system, and which is, by the way, the way every other country, every other developed country does it. But we don't, uh, and it would do this in order to control prices. So that's, in theory, what. Bernie Sanders is proposing, and that is technically speaking what we mean by Medicare for All. But obviously there's a lot of candidates out there who say Medicare for All, and they don't necessarily mean exactly what Bernie's talking yeah,
0: about. Yeah, That was my next question. So is there consensus in the Democratic Party amongst the members of Congress, amongst the candidates for president, that the Bernie Sanders, Pramila Paul style of Medicare for All is the one that they want to push forward?
1: No, and and there's a, there, there's not consensus on that, and there's actually a fairly wide spectrum of opinion within the Democratic Party. I mean, you have some people in the Democratic Party who don't want to go in this direction at all. Basically, I mean, you know, I, I would say on the sort of more moderate end of the Democratic Party, you have members who are who are basically content to say, look we have the Affordable Care Act. We're glad, we're, we're glad we have it. We think it could be better, but let's just tinker with it. You know, Let's make it a little more generous so that the deductibles aren't so big. And you know, maybe let's give the government some more control over drug pricing or something like that. But they don't really want to mess with it too much. They don't want to start with a whole new program. The other end of the spectrum, you have Bernie. And then you have a bunch of people in the middle. And I'd say this is where the bulk of, say, the Democrats who are running for president today are. And what they generally are feeling like, I think most of them would say something along the following lines. I'm going to Roughly describe this, which is that we think someday we'd like to get to a system like Bernie Sanders had. We might not want to look exactly like it. You know, maybe there should be a little more out-of-pocket spending. It shouldn't be quite so whatever. But you know, basically we think having a government plan for everyone is a pretty good way to run healthcare. But that would be a huge shock to our system because it's so different right now. So what we would prefer, you know, there are people. It would be a shock to the hospitals and the doctors. You know, and we have a lot of people with employer policies who pretty much are happy with their insurance right now. They don't love it, but they're not dying to change. They, don't, they might be a little skittish about moving to something that's brand new. So what I think you're seeing, you know, you have a lot of Democrats who basically want to have a kind of optional government plan. And it could be very narrow. So you have people like um, – you know, Debbie Stabenow, who's a senator from Michigan, has proposed, let's open up Medicare to people who are 50 and older, because, you know, they tend to, their health care is a lot more expensive, so let's let them get into Medicare, but otherwise we'll leave the system, you know, we won't do too much to the rest of the system. Then you have people, uh, uh, several of the Democratic candidates have talked about this. There's a proposal out there from a uh, a pair of House Democrats, Rosa DeLauro and Jan Schakowsky, which basically, it's pretty similar to the Bernie plan, and then it creates a giant You know, new government insurance plan that would immediately fold in. Medicaid and Medicare and all the people buying private insurance on their own and it would look uh, similar. You know, it would be very, it would be a fairly comprehensive plan, but it would say to employers specifically, say, hey, if you're a big company and you want to keep offering private insurance to your employees, you can. And then it would say to the people who work in those companies, hey, you have a choice. You can stay with your company plan or you can enroll in this new government plan. And that's kind of a optional sort of medicare for all uh, you know you could sort of call it medicare for anybody as opposed to medicare for everybody um, and, and and you know i think you see you just see you see a spectrum on there and i think there's a spectrum on how far you know what their final vision of the healthcare system like we you know there's the people who think it should look like a, a bernie sanders plan someday and the ones who don't and then there are varying degrees of well here's what i want to do in the first year here's what i want to do in the 5 years you know here's what i want to fight for so there's there's a lot of you know disagreement you know, i sort of general move in this direction, but a lot of uh, disagreement over how to get there.
0: John, I, I'm this is just my suspicion, but I suspect that Republicans are not on board for these types of plans. So lay out for us the political uh, pathway to get something like this passed. Is it, is it going to be easy or is it going to be really hard?
1: Oh, it'll be really hard. I mean, healthcare is always hard um, for a number of reasons. Um, two, uh, three of the biggest reasons I would say that uh, passing any kind of healthcare system is hard is, um, first of all, passing anything in the United States government is hard these days. Um, we have do, you know the way the Constitution is set up, it's hard to pass big, sweeping legislation. you got to get it through the House. you got to get it through the Senate, where sometimes you have to deal with a 60-vote threshold, and then you have to get it through the presidency. So you really have to control... You know, all three branches, uh, especially in a time like now where Republicans and Democrats are so far apart in the way they see the world. Um, so that's the first reason. Second reason is, you know, uh, uh, any kind of healthcare reform is moving money around. You know, it's changing where the money goes. And that means that the people who get, some people who are getting money now are not going to get it in the future. So if you think about Medicare for all, for example, well, you're going to tell the hospitals they're probably going to be making less money over time. Same to the doctors, same to the drug makers. And you're telling the insurance industry, more or less, you're sort of no longer going to be doing the business of health insurance. So that's a lot of money coming out of their pockets. You better believe they're going to fight it, they're going to lobby really hard publicly and privately to stop this and then there's you know what we call status quo bias which is that uh americans in general you know change is scary you know it, americans don't like the healthcare system there's a lot of problems with the healthcare system and yet you know when forced to make a choice between what they have now and what someone is promising them a bunch of people who are unhappy with the system now are going to get cold feet and, you know, that is always fighting against reform. It's why passing the Affordable Care Act back in 2010 was so difficult, one of the reasons. It's also why efforts to repeal the Affordable Care Act, you know, two years ago was so difficult and ultimately failed, is that, you know, people get, you know, even if they're not happy with the way things are, they're distrustful of where things might be going.
0: Yeah, and one of the groups that may be distrustful of this is are hospitals. You, you recently wrote in the Huffington Post about how hospitals would... Re- are reacting to these Medicare for all proposals. Can you tell us about that? Yeah.
1: So we have about 60 uh, seconds. I mean, basically, hospitals, you know, are account for one-third of all the money in our healthcare care system. There's tons of evidence that we are paying way too much for what we get, the quality. That, you know, you, don't, you pay more, you don't get more. And yet, trying to cut that money out is going to be hard. It's a hard political problem because the hospitals will fight it. They'll say, hey, if you cut our money, we're going to have to lay people off. We're going to have to close facilities. And to be fair, if you do it too quickly, if you cut too deeply, you really could cause some problems. So this is one of the many things that stand in the way of passing Uh, a Medicare for All system, which, by the way, doesn't mean it's impossible by any stretch of imagination. It does make it an obstacle.
0: Jonathan Cohn, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.